Fit, active, healthy, happy, enjoying the prime of your life. Looking out for your health and wellness, this is Health Talk with Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug in Statesville. Call now to ask Fred your health questions, 704-873-1400, 704-873-1400. You can also visit Fred at his store, conveniently located on Hartness Road in Statesville. Good afternoon, this is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. Uh, this uh, segment is, has been pre-recorded. Uh, today's date is uh, October the 13th, so it's Friday the 13th. Good luck to everybody today. Uh, this program is intended to share knowledge and information based on my research and experience and quite occasionally an opinion or two. Uh, it's not intended to offer individual advice and does not replace a one-on-one -on -one relationship with a qualified health care provider. Your daily choices have more to do with your health than anyone in the healthcare field, so take a proactive approach to your health. So uh, today our uh, not in the news uh, kind of segment here, a uh, couple of things. Um, the uh, COVID uh, vaccine cards, if we can call them that, uh, the CDC has decided to stop distributing them. Uh, most of the venues that uh, required proof of vaccination to enter an event uh, during the pandemic, of course, is no longer asking for those, and uh, they now have electronic records set up. I had one uh, of my customers that uh, told me that they, uh, uh, when they went to donate blood, uh, just based on their driver's license, they knew whether or not uh, he had had the shot. So it's, it's, it's there. Um, also in the news, as reported by the uh, Epic Times, uh, COVID reinfections clear faster uh, in the unvaccinated population. Uh, reinfections clear faster in the initial uh, COVID, uh, uh, faster uh, than the initial COVID infection. So uh, they're, they're not lasting as long. Uh, including people that have never had a COVID uh, shot, according to a new study. So uh, people that get infected the second time uh, apparently clear the illness on an average of six and a half days compared with 9.3 days for those that have had the shot. Uh, also of interest, uh, came across one of my feeds uh, this week, it was entitled uh, that uh, the impact of routine vaccinations on Alzheimer's disease risk in persons greater than 65. Uh, basically, uh, it was saying that if you get all your vaccinations, you're less likely to get Alzheimer's. Um, so this was a uh, cohort study, which meant they were analyzing data from a lot of different places. Uh, and it says the uh, accumulating evidence suggests that uh, adult vaccinations can reduce the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease and Alzheimer's-related dementia. So I think that's probably a stretch uh, in terms of uh, the way that I understand how the body works. And, and uh, you know, the, the concept of being able to take a vaccination or that may be unrelated to the to Alzheimer's and the way the brain works. 
uh, I, I think that's a pretty big stretch. So uh, I, I think that's uh, – I'm going to put that aside. I, I don't think that's a, a valid thing. Uh, and, by the way, the uh, the shots had to do with getting the herpes uh, zoster shot for shingles, uh, pneumonia shots, and uh, the uh, Tdap shots. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll set that aside. I don't think that's uh, a, a valid thing. So um, one of the things I wanted to do today uh, is cover uh, – review some antiviral strategies uh, so as we're coming into the uh, season that we think we have more viruses, uh, colds, flu, uh, maybe COVID, uh, maybe SARS. Um, so what, do you, what are you going to do about that? How, how do you take care of yourself? And so one of the things that uh, you know, people advocate is doing testing. Well, I don't know that it really matters if you test. I don't know that the tests are, are completely valid. Um, so what you do know is that you have a virus. <clears throat> and the reason I say it doesn't really matter because you're not going to do anything different for one to the other, basically, at least from the way I'm looking at it. So we've all had mild cases of viral infections. And I think we've all had uh, at least one miserable case of flu that maybe lasted a couple of weeks. And maybe some of you, well, some of us have had uh, some COVID illness that uh, lasted a couple of weeks. So it's, it's just uh, one of those things that, that is going to happen. Now, we, we've talked about, uh, people talk about vitamin C. And one, one of the reasons I want to get into this a little in a little more depth is because uh, one of the things that that's important is for you to be educated and understand the background and the why and what people have done in the past. So if I just say take vitamin C, I mean, what, you know, what, does that matter? Uh, so I, I think it's, it's, it's important to, to look at this. Now, vitamin C has been used uh, e since the early 70s for cold viruses and things uh, as was promo promoted by Dr. Uh, Linus Pauly. And um, it has been used uh, both orally and intravenously, uh, intravenously for types of detox kind of things. But it's kind of uh, interesting. And uh, there was a, uh, a Dr. Richard Chang uh, at, uh, in Columbia, South Carolina, that presented a, uh, a paper at a uh, medical convention and uh, it, it was talking about using vitamin C uh, for viral infections and for uh, sepsis, which is overwhelming infection of the body, and, and how, uh, how this vitamin C actually tremendously improved the, the situation uh, these people. And some of them were getting uh, IV vitamin C at the rate of uh, 4,000 uh, milligrams, four grams, uh, every six hours. Uh, some have used a, a lot uh, longer, uh, a lot more uh, uh, vitamin C than that. Uh, but this was uh, one trial that happened that, that improved the situation. Interestingly enough, there was a doc some doctors in a hospital in uh, New York City uh, that were was using IV vitamin C to treat COVID. 
they also uh, heavily used it in China uh, for severe uh, COVID-19 pneumonia. Uh, they were using 20 grams uh, a day uh, and had uh, a, a much shorter hospital stay, five days less than the average. And so uh, that was fairly impressive. Uh, <coughs> the uh, oral uh, dose uh, in some, ca some cases have been used up to 6,000 uh, uh, milligrams or six grams a day. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty large dose, but uh, you can, vitamin C is generally well tolerated and you can, uh, s some individuals will get diarrhea from it. Uh, if they get the dose too high, you would just back that down a little bit. Uh, it's, so it's a good idea to take, uh, probably to take vitamin C, uh, you know, a, a, on a daily basis. And if you get sick, uh, take a lot more. We're coming up on a break, and I'm going to come back to this and finish uh, this uh, vitamin C part and other things that you can do to improve your health situation and maybe recover from viral infections earlier. We'll be back. Now let me get this straight. Put the lime in the coconut to drink water. Put the lime in the coconut to drink water. Put the lime in the coconut to drink water. Put the lime in the coconut to cause a doctor. Welcome back. This is Fred Lowry. This is Health Talk. I guess that's the remedy of the week is the uh, lime and the coconut. Going back to vitamin C. Uh, so how would you use this? Uh, I, I would say it's, you know, vitamin C is a, a water-soluble vitamin. Uh, it would probably be a good idea just to take that on a regular basis. You have to get vitamin C from your diet. Your body does not make that. Uh, so I would say 250 to 500 milligrams a day is a, a good dose. Uh, it was shown that uh, vitamin C in children, uh, that it reduces the cold dur duration in children by 18%. They were using 1,000 to 2,000 milligram for that. Uh, for uh, adults, I would say, uh, you know, you could use as much as 8,000 milligrams uh, a day. So uh, that would be uh, 2,000 milligrams, 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams uh, four times a day. Uh, so, Joe, you got a question? Yeah. Is there such thing as taking too much? or Because I've always heard that if you do take too much vitamin C, you just your body just releases it when you go to the bathroom. Well, well, that's, that's right. It's a, it's a water-soluble uh, vitamin versus fat soluble. Fat solubles will stay with you longer. So, same thing with B vitamins. You know, you uh, you know, if you uh, take too much, your body just eliminates it. So yeah, that that's uh. But, but I think you you can get too much of a thing. But I, I can I can tell you that vitamin C uh, is very well tolerated <clears throat> and. When uh, I, I used to have a home infusion company, so we we made IVs for for home use, uh, included a lot of things. And one of the things I made was vitamin C infusions. And uh, some doctors were given as much as 50 grams, so 50 
thousand milligrams over a course of about four hours. So that's about two hundred milligrams a minute for some. It, it nobody, to my knowledge, had any problem with that. You know, so um, that's a <clears throat> that's a big dose. So it just goes to show you. I mean, it's it's something that that has been done <clears throat> and can be done. So uh, vitamin C actually ha- uh, boosts the immune f- uh, system in many ways. It, it has a, a, a virucidal effect, so it kills viruses. It affects their repu- replication, and it, and it has a powerful antioxidant uh, impact uh, on the body to uh, relieve oxidative stress. <clears throat> so you remember one of the things that was happening in the lungs was it was you know, irritating the lungs, and people were successfully using quercetin, uh, to help with that, and so that is a, a very good uh, uh, addition as well. So, uh, vitamin C, a, a good thing on a daily basis, and also uh, if you start to get sick, just take more. So, uh, the next thing I'll talk about is uh, vitamin D, and so vitamin D. Uh, pretty well advertised, uh, promoted uh, in terms of helping with immune function. A lot of people that had problems had low levels of vitamin D. We don't get in the sun enough. We're inside, and of course, as uh, the winter comes on, we're not going to be getting as much sun exposure either. So uh, a, a good way to, to do this would be if you <clears throat> if you have a doctor to check your labs, your levels, then you'll know what your level is and and maybe look at dosing after that. But in general, 2,000 to 5,000 units a day is is a pretty common dose for people, and and that can be a a very important thing. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, B vitamins are important, and B vitamins... Um, particularly B1, which is thiamine, uh, was associated, the deficiency was associating with the beriberi disease, um, is, is important uh, in your body and, and also helps with the, the vitamin uh, C thing. So having a deficiency in thiamine is associated with a higher fever. Uh, now, I, I do recommend that people use um, the uh, B complex, because uh, the v- B vitamins are all fairly uh, dependent on each other. So here we have vitamin C, vitamin D, a B complex, uh, and uh, perhaps the the quercetin. Uh, all very good, uh, good things to be looking at. Of course, we know that uh, a daily dose of zinc can can be helpful. Uh, and not a lot, maybe 20 milligrams. Uh, also, uh, selenium uh, can be helpful in that. Now, the zinc was associated, uh, some people uh, will remember that hydroxychloroquine uh, was being used. I think uh, President Trump uh, reported that he had taken some of that along with zinc. And, and so zinc has some antiviral 
uh, properties and the hydroxychloroquine apparently was getting the zinc uh, inside the cells so that it could uh, you know it take care of the virus so uh, you know the the thiamine is the um, the B vitamin that kind of smells funny uh, when you uh, when you open your vitamin bottle you know that's that's what you're smelling there now another interesting thing is the use of melatonin for viral infections. You know, sometimes we get locked in on thinking uh, one thing, you know, melatonin is for sleep, right? Uh, so, you know, these things in the body have multiple functions. And, you know, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, when we think about ivermectin <clears throat> as a viral treatment. So, Ivermectin, uh, of course, being used uh, commonly for parasite infection, it just kind of blew people's mind when they s said it was antiviral. But when you look it up, uh, there was plenty of uh, evidence in the scientific literature that it did act as an antiviral. So melatonin is is pretty interesting. It, of course, it, it's kind of known as the sleep hormone. Uh, it's... Um, a potent antioxidant it can help uh, it's supposed to be a cancer preventative it's important for the brain the cardiovascular system <clears throat> uh, it's an immune booster it decreases inflammation uh, interestingly enough it has been uh, promoted to treat a bacterial in infection uh, including uh, uh, tuberculosis, which is kind of mind-blowing in a way. Uh, so melatonin is is a really uh, interesting type product. And uh, the dosing for that, so if you were using it for sleep, it, you might use uh, 3 to 12 milligrams. Uh, but uh, the, uh, the dosing for uh, the viral type infections is 100 to 400 milligrams. So I, th I think staying in the, the lower end, the 100 milligrams, probably a little better. Uh, another interesting thing is it's been uh, used for sepsis, which is overwhelming infection. So if you think about uh, both vitamin C and melatonin for uh, use for overwhelming infections where antibiotics were, were not working, that's, that's pretty amazing. I mean, we're talking about vitamins and nutrients and and things that the body already makes that can be very effective in in treating illness so the melatonin dose if you if you uh if you are sick it, uh i would say probably around 20 milligrams uh three to five times a day would be something to uh consider for that uh, so um, there, there's certainly other things related to viral infections uh, that, that we've talked about and uh, other liver support, N-acetylcysteine, stay hydrated, try to, try to maintain some nutrition. You know, if you get uh, uh, low in uh, electrolytes, uh, you know, sometimes it's, uh, it's a good strategy to put a, a few grains of uh, Himalayan salt in water. Your body can utilize the water better. Uh, there's a product called uh, BioLite <clears throat> that's considered I an IV in a bottle, and, and that's a great uh, 
thing to keep on hand uh, for for any kind of con- condition. I had a, a quick story last week. Uh, a mother called me. She said her child, uh, five year old, was on the sofa, th- sick, throwing up, couldn't hold water down. Had been like that for a day. Been using uh, uh, homeopathic nux vomica. It was not helping. I suggested changing to uh, homeopathic Ipecac. You know, so Ipecac was the thing that we used to make people throw up. So, likes cures likes. You use a diluted version of it. Uh, the uh, uh, I, I can't always remember how to correctly pronounce the, the homeopathic of it, but uh, it's a Ipecacana, I believe. I, I probably butchered that, but. Nonetheless, she gave this child one dose, just one dose, a little little remedy, and it, she said it was miraculous. He was better, no more nausea, up, uh, started eating uh, food. Uh, you know, when you, when you hit the right remedy, it works well. So we're coming up on a break. Uh, this is Health Talk with Fred Lowry, and we'll be back. Welcome back to Health Talk. This is Fred Lowry from Lowry Drug on Harkness Road in Statesville, established in 1959. We're a traditional family pharmacy with a state-of-the-art compounding laboratory. We offer a full line of medical equipment, supplies, CPAP, scooters, oxygen. Uh, we have a full line of supplements, nutritionals, herbs, essential oils, homeopathics, and more. Come see us. I will remind you that this... Um, this particular uh, edition of Health Talk is pre-recorded, so unfortunately we won't be able to take calls. But uh, you, you can always uh, send me an email if you like, if you have some things you'd like for me to uh, cover, uh, fred at lowrydrug.com. Uh, so uh, I will tell you that uh, I do get a lot of emails, and uh, my email responses are generally short and to the point they don't have a lot of uh time for courteous uh writing i guess so to speak but i, do, I will try to answer your question if i can and if it's a little more involved we probably should talk on the phone okay joe here's a question for you oh boy okay you get a loaf of bread and you've had it for a while and you're ready to make your favorite sandwich and you open it up and it's got mold on it what do you do? Pinch it off. What, what kind of bread are we talking about? It depends because if it's really good bread, I'll just cut it off. You just and cut yeah. it off, and you. But go. if it's you know normal like burger bread, you know I'm just gonna throw it away. Right, right. Well, you know, first of all, uh, most bread you, you don't see that too often because it's so chemically laden that you know it it, it would last for a while. So it's not even real bread. Well, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but a lot of uh, farm products, in order to harvest them early, they spray it with Roundup or glycophosphates. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I but I know that. Roundup is not good. Yeah, so so in order for the wheat to be dry enough to 
to process it. You know, if, if there's a lot of moisture in, in a crop, you know, it doesn't, it's not as valuable, you know, because you get mold and aflatoxins and things like that uh, in, in corn in particular, or wheat. So they do use antifungals uh, on those products, which, by the way, one of the, 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 the most uh, uh, natural antifungals is baking soda. So um, you can just kind of file that back a little bit. Uh, baking soda is a, a really uh, neat product and uh, doesn't get enough credit. But so, the, so they'll spray wheat with, with uh, Roundup. Uh, they'll spray oats with Roundup, and they spray potatoes with Roundup. Now, it's, it's, up to, it's hard to know how much Roundup actually gets in the potato since it's underground. Don't know. But nonetheless, that's one of the problems with non-organic uh, type uh, wheat uh, and those kind of products. So... Uh, phone went off. I usually leave that in the truck. Uh, so, so anyway, um, one of the problems, of course, with Roundup is that it interferes with enzyme systems in the liver. It's the same system that uh, statins impact for cholesterol. So what that, what that means is you're not able to detoxify certain, certain chemicals because you you've compromised your liver so that's kind of a sidelight and that's one reason you know bread is much more problematic it's pro-inflammation and pro-fluid retention for a lot of people so uh, it's particularly problematic for for the ladies you know and you'll see puffy hands sometimes and that could be coming from the bread so stay away from it but uh, the point is, once once your uh, once your bread has mold on it, those are the spores that you know that go into the air that you know, you know spreads uh, spreads that mold, and so beneath the surface is already a f- big network of uh, filaments. So when you see mold. That's just the visible part of it, but it's really the tip of the iceberg. So, so you shouldn't just cut the mold off. No. Oh no. No, you, you shouldn't do that. Uh, so there are a lot of people that have uh, mold allergies uh, or history of illness to yeast. Uh, so, and if you have that, you know, you're when you're if you're consuming bread or. Um, some alcoholic beverages and some cheeses, uh, that may be uh, problematic. So basically the mold that you see is producing the spores for the fungus. So that's the reproductive part uh, of, of the plant. So, you know, conversely, we have uh, types of uh, wild mushrooms that are very medicinal you know, in terms of actually promote immune function and so it's, it's, it's really uh, uh, two, two sides to this coin. So I would say it would be unwise to eat any uh, bread uh, that has mold on it uh, at all. And it's not going to help to toast it. Uh, you know, it's not going to kill that, that fungus. Uh, so uh, cereals can have uh, molds or aflatoxins 
we, you know, we mentioned the corn, wheat, some rice. Uh, peanuts uh, can have mold on them. Uh, some of the uh, spices uh, could could have mold. Uh, some tree nuts. So uh, you know, it is potentially a, a, a dangerous thing. You know, one <laughs> it's another side light. Uh, uh, ergot is is a type of fungus uh, that, that's found and. Uh, one example of uh, ergot toxin is LSD. Yes. So that that would be, you, you could safely say that's mind-blowing as well, but uh, uh, not not recommending that, by the way. Uh, Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm really sure. <laughs> so um, you know, one of the things about mold and people being sensitive to it uh, is... Uh, it's a good idea to clean your refrigerator more regularly than you do. I mean, I'm not good at that, but I think the best time is probably before you go to the grocery store. And uh, in, in looking at this, I actually did clean my refrigerator <laughs> when I was thinking about talking about that. Uh, yeah, I, it's just something I don't think about, you know. So, uh, you know, it'd be a good idea to, to think about that. Uh, you know, the dish cloth, uh, cloths and sponges in particular, mops, I mean, those things, they get musty. That's that's what that is. How, how often should you replace a sponge? Well, you know, uh, it's a, if it smells bad, you probably should <laughs> replace it. But one strategy that I have is I'll, I'll put it in the dishwasher and wash it with my other dishes. You know, I just after I'm done I just so it it, it makes it last longer um, so uh, anything with a musty smell you know one one uh, really tricky thing is your your washing machine so if you leave that door closed you know like on a front load washer uh, you're gonna have mold in there if you uh, and even good idea to leave the lid open on a top load uh, your dishwasher, sometimes that's a good idea just to run a rinse thing with maybe put a little Clorox in there. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things you can do uh, to try to cut down on that uh, mold exposure. But, you know, it's uh, it's important to pay attention to because that you know, those things do have some toxins at some level. And depending on your health status uh, will affect you more for some people than others. This is Health Talk. We'll be right back. <clears throat> Welcome back to Health Talk. This is Fred Lowry, pharmacist and doctor of natural medicine. So, uh, for those of you that have had issues with mold, uh, there are a, a couple of other strategies. Uh, a good probiotic is a good thing to take uh, to help your gut. Uh, my favorite is the uh, Natural Creations product, uh, Enterobiotic SBO. And then um, there's also the, uh, a product called Zeolite, which you can get uh, over the counter. It's a... It's a uh, type of an earth product and it has a uh, negative charge to it so it picks up positively charged items which <clears throat> include mold 
So uh, it, it can be a strategy for uh, uh, dealing with mold and trying to keep uh, you know, that level of toxin lower in the body. <clears throat> you know, certainly um, in the South we have uh, a lot of issues with, with that some relative to the rain. And when you have rain and uh, leaks or maybe you have a plumbing leak that's, uh, that you <clears throat> didn't realize was there, uh, that can, can certainly create a mold situation. And, and there's some ways you, to mitigate that. Uh, but uh, sometimes it requires uh, professional help to do that. But internally, uh, you know, one of the better things would be uh, that zeolite. To take. So uh, another thing, I, I'm, Joe, I'm sure you've never taken castor oil before. No, I haven't. You know, that, that used to be given to children to improve their disposition. Uh, the idea was if they were constipated and they had a, a bad disposition, so uh, you would take a dose of castor oil. Uh, so it, it does act as a laxative. Not recommending it for that, by the way. Um, but uh, it, it's been used for for a lot of other things. Uh, here, I, I typically recommend it for uh, people with joint problems sometimes. So used topically uh, on the skin, like on knees or sore feet, uh, it it acts as an anti-inflammatory. Now it, it is a little bit messy, uh, it, and it's not a it's not really a quick cure, uh, but uh, you know a lot of people that maybe are on their feet all day, you know they rub their that on their feet at night, let it dry a little bit. You may have to wear socks to bed, uh, but uh, it it uh, can be helpful as an anti-inflammatory. Uh, some people have used it uh, on on their feet for calluses. Uh, you know, it does have a softening effect uh, for that and, and uh, helpful for uh, psoriasis and other types of dermatitis. Uh, it can have a moisturizing effect. Uh, some have uh, promoted it as a uh, beauty treatment. So uh, used on the face uh, to help reduce wrinkles. So it does have a, a, an emollient type effect. Uh, one other thing that was promoted uh, many years ago in the naturopathic type community was using a castor oil pack. So you would you, you would uh, put castor oil on a, uh, a piece of flannel and put it over the area that you wanted to promote detoxification. It was typically used over the liver, but you could use it over any uh, part of the skin that uh, maybe had uh, some type of uh, problem with it. And uh, typically, some people would do a really hot cloth water compress for about three minutes, then do the castor oil pack for three minutes and follow up with another uh, hot pack uh, for another three minutes. So I, and, uh, I saw this done once at a conference, and the, the uh, individual had a, a fatty liver disorder, and it was really interesting because that, that treatment uh, brought up a lot of redness and ra rash-looking type things that they <clears throat> described as detoxifying, uh, pulling the toxins uh, up towards the skin. So, uh, so it's also been used for uh, 
scars and um, dry skin. Uh, it's been used to promote hair growth, uh, interestingly enough. Uh, I, I, I'm sure there's not a study on that, but uh, it's uh, supposed to stimulate the follicles and offer nourishment. Uh, some people have used it to uh, thicken their eyebrows and their eyelashes, uh, used it on cracked nails and fungal infections. Uh, so if you're, uh, if you're, you can use it directly on joints or the skin, but some people uh, might be recommended to start with uh, 25% uh, of the castor oil and maybe use some other carrier oil uh, in place of that. Uh, another uh, home remedy, apple cider vinegar. Uh, kind of interesting. So, you know, you, you see the, the vinegar in the grocery store, it's clear, uh, but uh, there's some uh, products called, that they have with Mother Bragg's vinegar <coughs> is uh, one of those. And so it has the cloudy type material. So it's unfiltered and unpasteurized. And uh, so that part of it is rich in enzymes, and uh, it, it's like a probiotic. It's a fermented food. Um, so it, it uh, it's a it's a very interesting product. It uh, has nutrients, vitamin C, B vitamins, potassium. Uh, it can act as an antimicrobial. Uh, so uh, w one of the things that uh, it's been promoted for is is weight loss to, to uh, take two tablespoonfuls of vinegar in the morning. I'm not sure the mechanism for that, but it has, uh, in doing that, um, the, uh, one of the things it has been shown to do is lower triglycerides. So uh, that, that's, that's kind of interesting. So this is the, the, uh, the sugars in the... Uh, you know, in, in the, uh, the the bloodstream. So the other other thing is, uh, oddly enough, recommended for acid reflux. And so, you know, you're taking uh, uh, vinegar that is an acid and using it to treat acid reflux. So that's kind of interesting, but uh, a lot of times this heartburn is caused or uh, by indigestion and not having enough acid to digest your food. So um, one recommendation is a teaspoonful of apple cider vinegar about 30 minutes before you eat. It's also been used for uh, as a nose spray uh, to clear out uh, uh, stuffy nose. I, I'm not sure I would personally want to do that, but, uh, you know, it's a nasal rinse, a teaspoonful of uh, water, uh, of, of vinegar, and about six ounces of water. You know, I think a, maybe a better choice for that might be uh, the neti pot uh, premix uh, salt solution. And by the way, you should always use distilled water uh, when you're doing that. Don't use water out, out of the tap. Uh, you, you definitely want uh, a uh, nice clean water to, to be using. <coughs> Pardon. Uh, also been used for hiccups. Uh, Interestingly enough, so uh, you know, another uh, remedy for hiccups is a teaspoonful of sugar. So, uh, uh, got a few minutes left. Uh, 
One last thing I, I found was interesting. This was reported back in August by the Epic Times and uh, in, on the uh, realm of vaccinations. Uh, and it's titled, Developed Nations require, That Require the Most Infant Vaccinations or Vaccines are linked with higher childhood mortality. So uh, kind of interesting, you know, in our healthcare system, um, 29 nations in 2009 had better infant mortality rates than the United States. 29 nations in 2009 had better infant mortality rates than the United States. Uh, we were... Um, we're currently ranked 55th behind Cuba, Serbia, and Bosnia. So um, that's pretty curious, you know, in that, you know, we, we want to prevent disease. We're, we're, you know, perhaps trying to do uh, everything that we can. But uh, I've said for a long time, I, I do think we're certainly over-vaccinated. And by the way, this, this was a study uh, published in uh, – e-biomedicine research paper uh, and they received this uh, was available online February 2017 Uh, and so um, you know it's it's really a a curiosity where we're uh, where we're using a lot of these products uh, you know and and certainly supposedly uh, vaccines have had a, a great impact and been credited for the reduction of disease and disability and death from infectious disease. But uh, I think we've uh, gone a little past that at, at this point. So it says for uh, for each reduction in six vaccine doses administered during infancy, the infant mortality rate improved by approximately one death in a thousand uh, so y- you can see uh, you can see why there is uh, this trend of questioning uh, vaccination, particularly following what we went through with the last few years with the uh, Vidco product. So, at any rate, uh, something to ponder, something uh, that needs to be looked at more. There's a lot of uh, information out there. You can call the, the vaccine. Uh, information network uh, online uh, that may not be the right uh, one but uh, so uh, we're ending up this day uh, Friday uh, the 13th this is health talk and I'm Fred Lowry come see us <laughs>